ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. The best ticket in sports. Joining me now, the head coach of the Rage Occasion softball team, Coach Jerry Glasgow, on a uh, Monday morning after a series sweep uh, against Coastal Carolina Friday and then a doubleheader on Saturday. They celebrated Senior Day as well. And uh, they've got only three games left in the regular season, man. It's hard to believe we're already here in the month of May. Good morning, Coach. How are you feeling? Good morning. Doing great. You know, I I, I see the, the doubleheader Saturday and how it unfolds. And, you know, I guess we can start with this young lady because we were talking about her a couple of weeks ago in doing all of the little things and what she brings to the table. But... Having a senior in Melissa Mayu contribute, perform the way she did, um, you know, it, 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 she was tremendous in game one. But uh, she's been tremendous when she's played for you um, for, for her efforts on a senior day. And I'd love for you to hit on all the seniors. But starting with her, just based on what unfolded Saturday, Coach, you know, as a coach, when you've got a lot of different players that, that you're dealing with every year on every team, what dynamic uh, does her personality bring to the team and how important it is for your ability to, to do your job with the rest of the team? Yeah, when Melissa's special in the sense that she just works hard. She wants to play every game, but she doesn't ever complain or, you know, show, show her frustration when she doesn't play. And, She's been really good. Like, this has been a year where, you know, I don't ever use the word rebuilding. I never, ever think of <clears throat> rebuilding. But you're growing players this year. This is a year where, you know, we had a bunch of young kids, freshmen and sophomores, first-year player, Jordan Campbell. And you, you've, you've got those kids now for four years, and you have to grow them as softball players, and sometimes that's counterproductive to the older kids who, you know, you know who they are, you know what they are, you know what they can do, and some kids make that, you know, they they really make it hard for you to coach and treat veteran players that you know exactly what they can do, and you set them on, on the side a little bit, you know, as you go through the season so that you can get a really good look and and begin to understand your freshmen and and keep your freshmen, um, you know, feeling value and feeling excited about the future and knowing that you're investing time in them on the playing field. And Melissa made that really easy. And I think when I think of it from a coaching perspective, that's what I appreciate. Every time I put her out there, she does the job. I know she's a great player. I know she's got great talent. But she's not not a high-maintenance player. She's not a kid that, 
wants you to give her more than she gives you. She wants to give you, she wants to give the program everything she can, and, and she's done just a, a phenomenal job. You look at her, you know, her average is up there over the 350 all year. She's hitting the ball with power. She's driving in RBIs. She's playing flawless defense. You watch her get a triple, and she runs the bases so hard. You know, there's been a couple times lately where she scored from first on a triple, and there's been a, uh, where she's hit triples, and it always impresses me how fast she runs around the second base bag. And she just gets great effort. So can't say enough about a kid like her. I mean, she come here from Dade, Miami Dade Junior College and just won the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I got her because of, I coached with um, Jenny Gladding in the pro league. And uh, Gladding and her husband were coaching the French national team. And they said, look, this kid's a phenomenal kid. She just needs to work on her hitting. She needs to develop her hitting. We want her to come and play for you if you want her. And um, I took her sight unseen just based on the comments and the admiration from Jenny Gladding, uh, who had won national championships in Florida and coached with Tim Walton for a number of years. And I knew that if she thought she was that special at the end of the day, I would think she was special. And, and that was a that was a lucky break in in my coaching career when when we were able to sign Melissa Mayu because she's been really really important to us here over this past uh, three years. You know, you you entered this season with you only had a few seniors. I guess where I'm going, coach, is oftentimes when you have a senior laden team, the 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 talk of the team is, man, they're going to lean on the senior class. They have all this experience. When you have a team with a lot of youngsters, it's the irony is if you only have a few seniors, the focus is, you know, probably for, for numerical reasons, is on the, all the newcomers, all the young players, all the freshmen. And I'm, I'm guilty of it, and I've talked about it a lot. But it's almost like when you only have, you know, one or two, when you don't have very many upperclassmen, um, the, the amount that you lean on them individually is greater than when you have a senior laden team. And so, and, and, and getting back to Melissa and what she's able to do and, and sort of the example you can set just by playing, the irony is when you don't have, you know, a team full of upperclassmen or seniors, it's, you don't hear the, boy, you're going to have to lean on them a ton. When you do have a lot of seniors, that's the talk. But tell you what, when you've got a lot of newcomers, I guess is coach you you lean on those experienced players even more because you want to feel like you know what you can count on with them while you know you're dealing with assimilating new players that you know don't have a lot of experience to the college game. Yeah, yeah, we we, we you know I'm gonna clear something up while we're here because we've actually got three seniors. Rain O'Neill, her, we were hoping we applied for an extension of her five year clock. Her five-year clock become a six-year clock because of COVID in 2020. And we were hoping that the NCAA would grant her a seventh year um, because of the injury last year and it occurring early in the sixth game of the season. And that, and that uh, But the NCAA didn't grant that. They said, no, that's, you know, six years is enough. We're not going to grant an extra year of eligibility. So we didn't get that. You know, we got declined on the seventh year. So she's she's a senior. This is her last year of eligibility. 
And I noticed that some people were thinking she had one more year. So that's, you know, Rainier's to be celebrated as a senior. That's what the NCAA, that's what she is because the NCAA didn't want to give us a redshirt year. She'd already used a redshirt year when she transferred here from Texas Tech. And um, so we, we went into the season. We knew that, I think, early. I think we knew that in the fall. But anyway, we, we had Raina and Melissa, just tremendous um, leadership at the top. And and we're very lucky to have those kids. And, and unfortunately, you know, Raina ended up losing a lot of this year with the injury. I think it occurred in the 12th game of the season. So it was good to see her back on the field and Again, like like Melissa, she she's just an extremely talented player that gives us a lot of um, a lot of talent and experience when she is able to be out there on the field. So, and then Ari Ari actually has another year of eligibility left, but she's decided to go ahead and graduate and get back out on the on the West Coast, close to family, and that's 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 fine. That was. She come in here, you know, hoping to um, pick up a starting position on our team, and and we had a bunch of freshmen coming, and we didn't know, you know, you never know what they're how they're going to develop or how they're going to play their first year, and she's provided great leadership and great um, competition for them. Anytime we've asked her to play, uh, she's done really well. She got off to a kind of a cold start, hitting, and then. Now she's up over 300. I know the last 10 games she had a 500 batting average. So she's really come on here late in the season. And as we go to her down the stretch, we know that we've got a, a player with Pac-12 experience uh, of championship mentality. And uh, very lucky to have her to add depth to our ball club this year. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, I think she's a 290 now, Coach. Um, uh, you know, a pair of hits this past weekend and, coming along late is so those those are the players that you know for certain um you know will be will be done with ul softball after this season and you still got a lot of a lot of goals in mind uh, any anyone else or are those the ones in particular at this point that you guys know for sure okay this is this is the last ride with them yeah those are the only three that we know at this time has told us they won't be back and the way the the game is now with the portal and you know we got seven freshmen hitting over 325. I think we got six freshmen hitting over 340. And you got two sophomores hitting over 370. Um, it's going to be tricky. You know, like, the, just the way the game is, like, everyone wants to play, everyone wants to start. And the NCAA has made it very easy to switch from one program to another. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you always plan that, you always have that in your head that you, you may have a loss after the season or two. But as of right now, I don't. I, I'm hoping that we can bring back the entire freshman class because I think they're the the, the four year. You know, they we really. I, I've from day one. I've said this since 2018, and I don't know why it surprises people. But in January of 2018, I was you know telling the kids in this freshman class and and anyone that listened, I was telling that we would build our program around that class when they got here. And that's I've done exactly what I said I would do since 2018, and I'm glad that it 
I wish I could have did it a year sooner, but you can't rebuild around a class that doesn't have enormous talent. We were very, very fortunate when we were able to pick up Piscos uh, in the 2020 class, a kid that could play anywhere. And and it's just really bright for our future to have that many talented players. And then, and then we were able to add to it, you know, um, Jordan Campbell, who's been over 400 all year and, Unfortunately, we lost her to an injury here the last week or two, but I think she'll be able to at least help us in some ways going down the stretch. <clears throat> but to add her two Piscos was a huge break, and and now next year's class will come in, and they're they're very talented. We got some really talented pieces in that class coming in next year, and we'll have our program exactly where we want it positioned for the next few years. So. Really exciting, and you got to give great credit. You know, we we were able to keep our program extremely competitive since 2018 when we lost. I don't know how many transfers we lost during the coaching transition, um, but, you know, we lost in double-digit numbers of players and really talented players like Sanders and Creighton and um, – we were able to use the transfer portal to create competitive ball clubs, but you can't create that team feeling with sure. the transfer portal like you do with kids that come in out of high school and kids that you can build and, and you know, mold into the mentality that you want for a four-year period or a three-year period. And so that's the exciting thing. We're really grateful for the kids that we've been able to have Kids that come in and made great contributions in a short period of time, like Sierra Bryant and Caitlin Alderink and Sarah Hudak and on and on. But the contributions you're going to be able to see a kid like Alexa Langlears um, make over a four-year period or Maddie Hayden over a four-year period, it's, going to, it's really good for our program and what we want our program to be about. Coach Jerry Glasgow, I guess, you, you mentioned a number of players, Coach. Who, where, from a health standpoint, where are you guys heading into this last conference series? Yeah, we're good. I mean, we've got three pitchers, all healthy, no arm problems at all. Uh, and Carly Heath has kind of moved over and taken a little bit more reps in the, in, on the defensive side of the ball, which we hadn't done all fall and early in the spring. Um, because she was helping us with the pitching, but she's she's out there working now at outfield and even first base. Um, I I feel good. I, I mean, it's a huge loss to to lose Jordan Campbell on defense, and and obviously you lose Maddie Hayden, and I don't know how long she's going to be out. But even when she comes back, will she be a hundred percent? That was a that's two big blows right there down the stretch run. But we were you know, we were able to um continue to win and you know, get we're winning games without Maddie and Jordan, which was two your two and three hole hitters who had both been over four hundred all year and, and even right now they're at I think three seventy and three ninety or three sixty eight and three ninety. I mean that's two big pieces but we're still winning, so that's a great thing, and that's what we've become as a program. You know, we don't, we've, no one in the country's been had more injuries than we have the last two years, and and we win. So 
that's important, and we're fine. I mean, just let's play ball. Let's go. 15 of the last 16 uh, in the W column, Coach, and you got three more left in the regular season, and the margin for error in terms of the Sun Belt and where you want to finish is uh, it's pretty slim. Uh, you've played a number of more games in South Alabama. Uh, you know, you were able to beat them, but in terms of just conference loss, you're right there at the same with four. Uh, so you still got to take care of business, obviously, to, to check off one of the many goals you guys have this season down the final stretch. What's the key for you guys to go in there, get your 73rd straight Sunbelt Series, but more importantly, I think, you know, making sure that you, you secure the Sunbelt this uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in your matchup against the Warhawks. Yeah, I mean, it's just we got to show up and play, play good in all phases of the game. And if we hit well and we play defense well and we pitch well, if we do all three of those things to our capability, we'll win the game. So that's the good part about it. We've got enough talent on our team, even though sometimes we lack in experience. Um, that's going away with each passing game. I mean, you look back at, these kids were 16 and 8, you know, 24 games in the season. They were 16 and 8, and and then you go down the stretch, you know, you've you've won 22 of your last 25. What's the difference? Well, it's experience. It's not talent. They got the same amount of talent you had early in the year. Maybe you have less talent in your dugout um, with the departure of some kids, but you've got you've got experience now, and you've got kids that. We're all going in the same direction. Everybody's paddling on the boat the same way, <laughs> you know, and, and that's important. You get everybody. My dad used to say, you know, get everybody paddling the boat up the stream, same direction, and nobody in the back of the boat knocking holes in the bottom of it. And and once you get that, then you you you've got a chance for greater success. And the kids have really gained experience. Uh, they know how to play the game better now. Little things like you know hit and run on a two and zero count is is more routine for them. They understand what's happening. Um, so if we just simply go out and play the game to our ability in every area of the game, defense, pitching, and offense, we'll win all three games this weekend. That's where we uh, where we've struggled was with the consistency of every you know of our team or our ball club doing the, all the things that they should do and need to do on a regular, consistent basis. And I feel like we've we've grown as a ball club and we understand more of the responsibility we have in each area. And I think we can do that and get that done. Cajuns, uh, three games this Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Monroe, and then off uh, to Mobile for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and after that, regionals. And I know their goal is... OKC coach um, no more home games this season I know some fans obviously you, you got well, one of the best fan bases in, in the country there are going to be some fans that travel but there's there's nothing like a home game at a veteran field at Lamson Park uh, just to, to summarize how the fans have been this season you know we're, we're past you know COVID and some of the restrictions and other things like that what's what, what has the fan base been like this season for for the home games that you know, now as we enter in May, there's uh, there's there's none left on the schedule right now. Yeah, fans are amazing. They uh, they just been relentless in their support of our program and and really 
it's gotten bigger each year. I just feel like our fans are, you know, I've been here now five years, and like I, I've never heard a, a crowd any better than the crowd this past weekend on senior weekend. I thought it was it was really inspiring. The girls kept talking about it, like how loud they were and how good they were. And, you know, you expect it when you play, you know, when you play in LSU or in Alabama or Texas, you expect the crowd to be loud and, but, you know, you're playing Coastal Carolina as four and 14. And, you know, the, the fans could have had, they could have been apathetic towards that series and they weren't because they wanted to support their seniors and they wanted to support their team last weekend of the year. So as always, they were spot on and tremendous. And people don't see the little things that they do. You know, I'm telling some fan about uh, a snickerdoodle cookie story. And the next day I walk in there on my desk, a box of snickerdoodles. And I just, they're, they're, the fans are just so special here. They cook. They do things for your team above and beyond the call of regular fans that puts them into, you know, they become like a family of fans or it's just, it's a a unique thing in college sports and a very unique place and very unique time. And I think you're going to see that just continue to grow because it's contagious and it's fun. And we're very lucky, uh, very fortunate, very appreciative of our fan base. Well, you've told me several times, Coach, you know, a lot of times in softball when you're recruiting players, a school will bring them on a football weekend, you're like, no, I want I want them to be in the stands at Lamson Park to get a feel for what it's like on game day. And I'll also add that you're a better man than me because, I, you know, you just dropped that snickerdoodle story. I'd be walking around all the time being like, man, I, just to let everyone know, I love Rice Krispie Treats, just put it out there. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would take advantage of it, but uh, I say kind of halfway joking – uh, no, man, I, I appreciate it, Coach. I know uh, last week we weren't able to chat. You were coming back from that uh, that rigorous road trip, but um, I'm sure you were glad, uh, you and Vicar were glad to get back in Lafayette, and I know you are glad to be back at the ballpark, obviously, last weekend, but um, I know you're, you're, you're hard at work, and uh, there's still work left to be done, so we'll, uh, we'll chat with you next Monday. We'll, uh, we'll get the fans ready for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. In the meantime, best of luck up in Monroe. Safe travels, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate you. You got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head softball coach, Jerry Glass.